0: T-E-X-us.com. Welcome to the 5G Guys Podcast, the premier resource for industry insiders and newcomers alike to explore anything and everything wireless telecommunication. We discuss, explain, and explore all things wireless technology. So let's dive right in. Welcome your host, Dan McVaugh and Wayne Smith. Hey there. Welcome back to another episode of 5G, guys. This is Dan McVaugh, and uh, our my co-host Wayne Smith is not going to be with us for this episode. He's out traveling internationally, but the show must go on. So I'm going to run this episode solo. It's my first time running solo without Wayne, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But uh, thanks, as always, for joining. Great to have you. As always, um, we've really appreciated all the outreach that folks have been doing through our website. Go to 5GGuys.com if you haven't already. Check us out. Had have had a lot of great feedback from uh, listeners on episode ideas, questions, um, Given some free advice to some listeners. So uh, don't hesitate to reach out. As always, you can also connect with us through all your social channels, 5 Guys. And you'll be able to find us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, what have you. So anyways, um, today on this episode, what we're going to tackle is uh, MVNO 101. So we always like to avoid acronyms. And here I just started out with with one. So Mobile Virtual Network Operators. um, So another one in our our series of 101 uh, episodes, kind of going through the fundamentals and the basics. And Mobile Virtual Network Operators are an element of consumer and uh, business cellular services worldwide, that has to do with companies who sell service to users, but don't actually own and operate the network that those users are using. In the U.S., you'll hear of brands um, like Boost Mobile, Mint Mobile, and I'll go through some more of those later in the episode. But these are companies that basically buy capacity from... Uh, the companies that own and operate the networks at a wholesale price, and they resell that that to to consumers or to business users. So really, they're brands. They uh, they they might have a store or a presence you can go into. They might be only online. Um, they may sell you, or in most cases, do sell you devices, phones, things of that nature. Um, they may have their own customer service, uh, billing, things of that nature. But the actual network itself is not theirs and they don't operate that network that is supporting you so today we're just going to kind of go over that concept talk a little bit more about it kind of give some insight into how that world really works so uh, in the us this concept really picked up steam around 2009 to 2012 at that time the fcc was making a lot of regulatory changes to make it more friendly to consumers to be able to switch carriers. Um, early on, when you when you had service with a carrier um, and you wanted to switch, you were going to have to give up your phone number, for example, and get a new phone number to switch. Uh, you may have also been under a contract that would have large penalties if you left early, things of that nature. The FCC created some regulations that said that those phone numbers were no longer owned by the carrier and that if you wanted to switch, you by law could take your number with you. So that was a big change. It's called number portability. That really opened up the ease of people not having to go through the brain damage of a whole new phone number to try to switch carriers, uh, similar to you know having to change your email address uh, all the time. In addition, the FCC also put some regulations on the carriers that required them to have the systems and the processes to enable that portability within a minimum amount of time so that when you left carrier A to go to carrier B, both carriers had an obligation to make sure that that transfer of service happened uh, seamlessly within a minimum amount of time. Uh, Those two regulations really opened up the ability for people to switch carriers. And with that came a lot of innovation around startups that said, well, hey, you know, let me go negotiate to buy a bunch of capacity, a bunch of minutes, from these network operators, mm-hmm. um, package it and resell it to to users under a a virtual brand. So that's that's kind of the history of how um, MVNOs started, and and where we stand today is for the most part in the U.S. There's uh, kind of a distinction between mobile network operators who. Own and operate their networks and MVNOs, and that's really the case across the U.S. in the U- across the world. Excuse me in the, in the U.S. We've talked about this in prior episodes. What, where we're really at right now is three major brands or operators that own and operate their networks, and, and most people are familiar with AT&T, T-Mobile, and Verizon. Used to be called I used to call it the Big Four. Now call it the Big Three since T-Mobile has merged with Sprint. So really, the Big Three are the big operators everyone knows about. We've also talked about in some other episodes that in addition to the big three, there's actually roughly another 80 to 90 regional network operators who own and operate smaller networks in typically more rural parts of the country. You know, the largest of those regionals would be um, U.S. Cellular, which many may have heard of. But there's um, a, a lot of other companies that also own and operate those networks. And you can buy service directly from them as well. And what will happen is you'll when you leave their network, you'll probably roam on to another regional carrier or one of the big three carriers' networks. But conversely, if you're a customer of one of the big three carriers and you travel into a lot of these areas that these regional network operators have networks, you're actually roaming and using that network operator's network, and they are basically charging the big three carrier for your ability to go on their network. So that's the that's sort of the. The ecosystem, if you will, of of companies that own and operate networks in the U.S. So we're looking at you know roughly ninety ninety five total operators in the United States, you know the big three and then all those regionals. We do, by the way, have uh, uh, a prospective fourth nationwide carrier and DISH wireless that is building out a a nationwide 5G network as we speak. We'll have a future episode to talk a little bit about what DISH is doing and and what the the prospect looks for their, uh, their presence in the marketplace. If we go beyond those network operators, there's another roughly 140 companies in the United States that are mobile virtual network operators, MVNOs. So like I said, these companies are buying capacity wholesale from the companies that own the networks and they're providing um, a brand, they're selling you service, providing customer care, billing, selling phones, accessories, things of that nature, but they don't actually operate that network. And so a lot of folks in the US are getting their service through these MVNOs. I'll go down an example of some of the top names you might be familiar with in that 140 companies, Xfinity Mobile, you know, most people know about Xfinity, um, AKA Comcast, where they get their cable television, Maybe landline phone service, uh, things of that nature, and you can now also get mobile phone service through Xfinity. Um, they use Verizon's network, for example, so they're buying and reselling capacity off of Verizon's network. Cricket is another one; they're uh, they're using AT and T's network. Boost Mobile uh, was previously using Sprint's network. With that merger, that would now be T-Mobile. Metro by T-Mobile is. Is an, an interesting one. It is owned by T-Mobile. It's a mobile, mobile virtual network operator using their own network. Um, the it's kind of an odd odd duck. Um, they had bought Metro PCS, which was a network operator, took over all of their sites, all of their capacity, added them to their network, and then kept those customers as a separate customer base. And that's that's sort of how T-Mobile manages um, sort of a, a different tier of customers that are on. Um, on the lower credit side, uh, lower um, capability side. And so that's Metro by T-Mobile. So they're an MVNO operating on their own network, a bit of an odd duck. Mint Mobile, many people might have seen Ryan Reynolds and his commercials also operates on T-Mobile using T-Mobile's network. And then there's some others um, that are pretty popular, Consumer Cellular, Straight Talk, and Track Phone, for example. And these guys are interesting because they're not dedicated to just one of... The big threes networks that they resell service from. Uh, Consumer Cellular uses both AT&T and T-Mobile's network, uh, Straight Talk and Track Uh They use all three of the big three carriers networks. So um, that's just a subset. Um, there's many more out there that um, I'm sure many have used and or have um, or currently subscribed to, uh, but that kind of gives you a, a sense You know, in the show notes, we'll actually uh, include, so go to the website or the show notes um, uh, when listening to this episode. There's a link of some good resources that you can go to to learn more and to find out which MVNOs use which networks. The the one that I like to go to is a website called whistleout.com. Whistle, like whistling a tune, whistleout.com is a great clearinghouse to see all of the various U.S.-based MVNOs. And you can even drill into each one, see what kinds of uh, prices they offer. You can see which networks uh, they operate on. So it's a it's a great resource. So if we talk a little bit about the MVNO network in the United States, some fundamentals just to kind of get a sense of what it looks like. Again, there's about 140 of them in the U.S. Uh, globally, there's over 1,300 MVNOs. So quite a large um, set of co- companies that are providing this, this type of service. Uh, and in the U.S., in the late, about it was 2019, 2020, according to some analysts, uh, MVNOs were at a market value of about $13 billion in the US. Uh, they're forecast to go up to about $16 billion here in the next couple of years, according to some analysts. Um, so some you know serious serious market size. They account accounted in you know, 2019 for about 36 million subscribers. To give you a sense, that's roughly seven percent of the total subscribers of cellular service in the U.S. So so these MVNOs collectively are accounting for you know, less than 10 percent market share. Uh, that kind of gives you a sense for for where they stand in the bigger picture. Beyond those fundamentals, though, I think what's important, and I get a lot of questions from people about you know, help me understand why wouldn't I go buy service from Xfinity if it's really the same as Verizon? You know, what? what's the difference? Am I getting the same thing? Is it different? So I wanted to, to chat a little bit in this episode about my experience, my knowledge of what the big differences are between if you go directly to a big three versus an MVNO. I think the most obvious difference that you're going to find is you're going to have a better ability to get a more affordable package, better pricing with an MVNO. They're getting the capacity on these networks at a wholesale price that's less than we as consumers are buying directly. Uh, and, and this is really a more of a focus on the consumer side. And that savings is going to be passed along to their customers uh, more often than not. So uh, if you're very price conscious, if you've got a large family, things of that nature, MVNOs can be a great option to really shop to get the best value. For for your service now, one thing that um, I did just kind of touch on is that, especially in the US, MVNOs are very consumer focused. There's not a lot of MVNOs that provide business level services Uh, internationally. That's a, a bit different, and that's not always the case. There are some business level type MVNOs out there, but. Typically, if you're a corporation that has large user accounts and things of that nature, you're really not going to be looking at MVNO as an option. You're going to be going direct to one of the big three. Uh, so this is really more of a consumer-focused uh, perspective and, and uh, discussion. Uh, beyond, beyond pricing, though, what you are, I think the flip side that you're oftentimes going to see is you may have a compromised quality of service Compromised throughput, things of that nature, when you hit your wagon to an MVNO over going direct to a big three, and the reason for that, this really is partially the result of the elimination of a US FCC policy called net neutrality that occurred in twenty seventeen. What net neutrality um, basically said was that the US was sort of regulating, saying that hey, as a provider of services. Whether it be you know Netflix, Verizon, Xfinity, cable internet service, whatever the case might be, that you had to offer um, the same levels of service to all customers. And when the FCC in 2017 uh, got rid of net neutrality, what it did was it, it said, "Hey, as, as a network owner and operator, I can provide different levels of service to different customers." That would allow a carrier, for example, to say, hey, if you pay a higher price, I'll give you a higher guaranteed quality of service or, or, or higher throughputs, for example. And we see that today. You can go to Verizon, AT&T, and you can buy different tiers of unlimited. And you might ask, well, if it's unlimited, it's unlimited. Well, at a higher tier, you're possibly going to get faster throughputs than someone right next to you that's paying a lower tier when you're under network congestion, for example. When you take that same concept and you bring it to an MVNO, oftentimes what is happening is those big three carriers are putting um, some throttling on that network access that they are providing to the MVNO's customers. So that MVNO customer may be throttled or may not have the same level of access to the network that a customer that's buying service directly from that same big three network network. Might get so I, I think that's sort of the trade off that you you might see uh, when you get better pricing is you may not in a congested situation you know maybe at a at a football game or or something of that nature you may not see the same level of service as a, a customer that's buying directly from the big three carrier uh, so that, I think that's that's the biggest two items that I I, uh, I know is being a big difference the other thing that um that's an interesting kind of uh, after effect that you see is that in general, when you look at third-party companies that are rating customer service across companies within the, the space of MVNOs and network operators, it's interesting what shakes out is oftentimes the MVNOs actually get higher average customer service ratings than the... Companies that own and operate the networks. Now, that's you know you're going to find cases where that's not the, not not always the case, but on average, uh, that's been an interesting outcome. I think it was in 2019 or 2020, uh, a third party company that rates consumer uh, customer service ratings rated on average MVNOs at a rating of 77 versus 73 for those mobile network operators. So, and that same report listed companies like Cricket, Metro, Virgin. Uh, Boost Mobile, Consumer Cellular had some of the best customer service ratings across the entire um, community of uh, network operators, whether that be MVNOs or direct um, big three carriers. So that's an interesting um, kind of trade-off that you might find. You get a little bit better customer service with an MVNO. Um, The other um, big thing to to speak to that that I've also seen to be a difference is when you go direct to the big big three, you're more often, and this is again, not um, a rule, but more often what you're going to find is that if you've got a more advanced technical problem that needs to be solved, you're going to have a better opportunity to get that solved from a big three carrier, from the network, network operator, because they actually have the engineers that Operate that network. The MVNO is only going to be help you with certain things like billing issues and questions uh, about your service and, and and things like that. At some point, if there is a problem in the network that's impacting you as a customer, they are just going to have to pass that off to the network operator that owns and operates that network. So, with with a subscription directly to one of those carriers, you are more likely going to get that more advanced technical solution to your problem if that indeed is happening to you. You're also going to find that if you're doing more advanced or unique services and solutions, i.e., you've got you know an Apple Watch that also needs to have service or other uh, devices like iPads, things like that, that oftentimes the MVNOs don't offer that as a um, as an option. Uh, going direct to the network operator oftentimes is the best way to get all of those different devices connected. You'll also find that again, as you get into more Business focused, business oriented features and functionalities that those network operators are going to have things that are an option for you. Things like fleet services, you know, you could from Verizon, you can get a device that you put in your kid's car that tracks their driving and, and similar to those. You know uh, those devices that like progressive insurance puts on your car to get you better insurance rates. So you know with the direct to the network operators, oftentimes those are are more of an option than with an MVNO. But but overall, I think that the MVNOs serve a, a very important part of the landscape of of wireless service in the U.S. I think it gives you know a lot of people that are using service they don't they don't need unlimited data they don't need to, you know, push 10 gig a month of streaming Netflix with, uh, you know, high video quality. Uh, they're just still making phone calls with uh, occasional text messages and using Google Maps to get them directions to where they're going. And so, uh, you know, they might use less than a gig of data a month. Um, they might not uh, really do anything advanced like, uh, you know, connecting their laptop to their phone to, to access the internet. And so, oftentimes... MVNOs are a great option. It gives it's a very competitive marketplace. You can really shop and get um, great deals. You may sometimes have fewer options in terms of you know phone models and stuff to choose from, but that may not be important. So I think they provide a great a great uh, augmentation to to your options in the consumer marketplace. And anytime you've got this level of competition, um, it's always good for us, the consumers. So. Um, So that's, that's kind of an overview of uh, mobile virtual network operators uh, in the U S especially. And uh, you know, I hope that this kind of gives you a, a good perspective on how that works. If I miss anything, got anything wrong, as always reach out to us at 5GGuys.com. Love to get your comments, feedback. Uh, we're not always right. So if uh, if I miss something, uh, we'll, uh, we'll catch up on the next episode, kind of clarify that. Uh, you can always look on our blog posts, subscribe to our newsletter. We're always touching on these topics there as well. So thanks for joining once again. Until next time, we'll see you. Thanks for listening to the 5G Guys. For more resources and to connect with Dan and Wayne, check out their website at 5GGuys.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that follow button and share this episode with your friends and family.